and welcome to the Next Gen Enterprise Podcast Series, brought to you by Hollow Spirit. My name is Anna Nienke, and in this podcast series, I will talk to all those who are doing the future of work. These pioneers and experts will share their successes, their best practices, but also their failures and any interesting lessons they've learned. So we hope this podcast will be an inspiration to all those on their journey towards a new way of working. Also, don't forget to mark your calendar for March 26th and 27th of 2020 and book yourself a ticket to Paris because we'd love to see you at the Next Gen Enterprise Summit organized by Maeve, Manpower, Octo Technology and Hollow Spirit. Visit thenextgenenterprise.com for more information and tickets and I hope to meet you there. Thanks for tuning in today and um, yeah, let's get started with today's guest. Right, I'm here today with uh, Helene Kuiper. Uh, together with Toon Franke, she recently started an agency st- uh, called Core Change. And um, they facilitate and coach change within organizations and use integral theory in their approach. I'm very happy to have you here to- uh, today, Helene. Welcome. Thanks, Anneke. <laughs> nice to be here. Yeah, so maybe to get started, um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your background and maybe about Toon's background. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious to hear about... Um, well, the story that's behind uh, core change. Yeah, well, my background is in... Uh, I studied business administration in uh, Rotterdam in the 90s. And um, I worked for several companies, both uh, cor- uh, corporate profit and non-profit. Um, and also I did a lot of work on personal development, which was based on integral theory. And uh, that's where I met Tone already in the 90s, in the late 90s. Um, and he has a background in architecture, and but he was also wor- he was working in um, training and coaching at that time. And um, well, we met in the, in these workshops for personal development, and then we didn't meet for a long time anymore. And then uh, when the Reinventing Organizations book came out, um, we met again in a conference around reinventing organizations, and we were both uh, very happy with that book because it was based on integral theory. So I had just started my own company, uh, my own um, organizational development company based on uh, uh, integral theory. And then Lalu wrote a book about it. And I was so happy because he just wrote down what I was trying to explain to my customers, but I didn't have so such good uh, text as he did. (laughs) (laughs) So I kicked out my own text and copied his. And um, and Tone and I were really on the same page about that. So that's when we uh, started to cooperate. And that's like four or five years ago, I think. And since last year, we really have one company called CoreChange and the website corechange.nl and uh, do everything under the name CoreChange. And what we do is um, we believe that organizations can develop themselves and um, uh, but you have to look very carefully where they are and what is the most what is the next step for them what is necessary for them so that's what we do so we try to help organizations to develop themselves to the to the next step to the next stage in development in a most healthy way so to say so you mentioned uh, integral theory can you maybe explain uh, what integral theory is about so what are the core elements of it yeah sure yeah um so integral theory was developed by ken wilber an american philosopher and it has a couple of elements One of them is that everything has four um, ways of approaching it. And you can, so you can imagine a quadrant, which has on one axis, it has internal versus external, and on the other, it's individual versus collective. 
and then you get four quadrants and one is um, the internal individual so that's about mindset thoughts feelings everything that's happening inside of you that no one can really see but you can experience the result of what is going on inside someone then there is the collective internal that's what is happening between people so relationships uh, culture values all that kind of things um, you can't see them but you can experience them and it's the individual external that's about behavior skills stuff so so separate things that are that are visible and measurable and then there's the collective external that's about structures processes um, uh, protocols all that kind of things and when you look at your own life you can see that you have you, you have things in all four quadrants so you have your own beliefs your own uh, thoughts and feelings you have your behavior and how, and what you do how you act there's the process can side that is how you how you have organized your life um, is your house a mess or is it cleaned up uh, how's your financial stuff doing all that kind of things and there's the the internal collective is how are you dealing with other people how are your relationships do you have many what's the quality of them all that kind of thing so your own life you can map on these four quadrants but you can also map organizations on these four quadrants well and then in these quadrants you can see stages of development um, and they look a, li a little bit like uh, spiral dynamics that many people are aware of or uh, management drives but there's a slight difference in the colors that Ken Wilber used but it's still, it's about, first it's about me, it's about power, then comes more the we, the structures, the processes, the, the more predictability, then comes the orange that is very much focused on results, on experimenting, on proving that things are right, or are as, they, as you say that they are. Um, that's more me more oriented again then comes the green that is very much we and is focused on values on inclusion on all that kind of stuff and then comes the teal and that is what uh, Lalou made famous so to say in his book and that has a more holistic approach it includes all the layers before and um, that's more about both the I the the personal accountability and the and the action orientation of me but in the context of the we of the bigger whole of purpose so so you do the me in, in uh, to serve the whole mm. to, so to speak so you can say that your own personal way of thinking or feeling can develop along these lines but also um, the way you do decision making in your organization or um, how you deal with uh, your suppliers or the the uh, how you deal with your purpose or your values. So for, for all quadrants, you can think of developmental lines along these stages of development. And that's what we use in our organizations. So when you work with, with clients, with, with organizations, they come to you, they have, a, maybe they have a problem, they have a challenge they're facing and they would like help with that. Um, could you maybe give some examples of challenges that you see companies struggle with yeah. in each of these quadrants mm -hmm. so for example um, uh, there, there was an organization that's um, um, kinderopvang I don't know how do you say it in English like they kindergarten kind mm -hmm. of stuff and they uh, they were really facing that their environment was changing very quickly their competitors were creating new kinds of kindergarten that were more suitable for their customers than what they were doing and um, they had to change. So we sat with them and were thinking, okay, so what are the new things you can do to change? And then they said to us, well, you know, 
it's not really useful that we do that because um, we know this, we make plans and then we talk about them, but nothing happens, nothing changes. So we investigated with them, where are they on these levels, on these stages? And what you saw that they had a lot of amber and a lot of green. So they were really top of the bill childcare. I mean, they had a perfect pedagogic, pedag how do you say that in English? Pediatric? Yeah, maybe, yeah, pediatric plans. They had experts on, on child development and everything. Um, so that was really amber. It was really well done, really uh, uh, good job but they lacked the orange of executing it. Mm. And then they had a lot of green that they had to talk. They talked a lot about it with all of them and everybody had to feel good about it, they had to feel included, but they just didn't really execute it. So we helped them. So that's part, of course, it's in the structures. It's just the way they do their meetings. It's the decision-making. Is everyone included? Do you also always need consensus to be able to do something? But it's also about the mindset of the organization. If you really believe that everyone has to agree and um, if you don't feel the freedom to just act if you have a good idea, then you're not going to do it. So that's where we had to do some work. It's also on the on the culture. So with who are the heroes? Are the heroes the people who come up with brilliant ideas and just go ahead? Or are the heroes the people who spend a lot of time in including everyone and um, making sure there's consensus, for example? And then it's also on in the in the behavior, do they have the skills to, to, to act instead of just talk? Um, but also, how do you reward people who act in, instead of talk? So in all these quadrants, you have to do things to, to help them develop the orange, for example, in this case. So that's, yeah. So what are some of the interventions that you then offer? It's very different. So it might be training for people to, to create new skills and new to, to get used to new behavior. Sometimes it's changing the um, uh, reward system. You might do things there to, to get things in a different way. Um, sometimes it's more about coaching, mindset. How do, how do you change your mindset? Sometimes it's just a question of becoming aware that you don't really act um, and that you can feel where is your energy to acting instead of talking and creating consensus. Sometimes people get feel really relieved when they suddenly get a permission to just act instead of asking for consensus the whole time. They did it because it was what it was the value in the company, but if they don't have to do it anymore, they get very happy and, and, and feel re released and they start acting like, you know, they suddenly have all this opportunity to do. So it really depends on where is the, where is the easiest to solve and where is the biggest problem. So we have a scan based on the four quadrants and the developmental lines that we asked the organization, where are you now and where do you think you should be? Because it's not that everyone should become teal. It really depends on your uh, surroundings, on what's going on in your market, what is the competition doing, what is the most suitable for you? It's like uh, um, Darwin said, it's adapting to the change in your, in your environment. And um, if your environment is very orange, then it's important that you get result driven too. But if it's not, if you are the, 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 the only player, well, then probably you don't really have to do that because there's no problem if you don't. So I'm working for one governmental organization now. Well, they, for them, orange is not very important because they are an internal department in a governmental organization and nobody is questioning what they are doing. Nobody is discussing their resources. So if they don't really produce anything, nothing goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So then the orange is not very important. But for other organizations, it is. 
So, so we first we check where are they on these lines and what is the most suitable for them. And then we discuss with the customer together uh, what is the most uh, needed intervention on in which quadrant and uh, which lines, which lines of development. So is it the, the reward system, is it decision making, is it the, 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 the function of the purpose, is it uh, a mindset, is it certain skills that people need, can be very different and, and individual for each organization. And what is important is that the level where you are, so the, the stage, the color where you are, is more or less similar in all quadrants. Because if it's very different, you get really a hard time. For example, if you are very green in your organization, but your reward system is very orange, is very result-oriented, then so you in, on the culture you value that people take each other into account and that there's consensus, but on the reward level you reward people who, who go for the result for themselves, then you get very weird situations because then what is expected from you? If you want more money, you should focus on your own results, but if you want more praise and be liked in the organization, you should focus on including your colleagues. So then you get some kind of a schizophrenic situation and then people don't know what they should focus on anymore. So that's very important that you are consistent in the colors that you are on in all quadrants. So it's one thing to identify where you are as mm -hmm. your company and also where you want to go. But I can imagine that, well, how do, how do you get people on board? Because I can imagine that some people might feel some, some bit of resistance against change. How do you deal with that? Yeah, well, that happens. Yeah, and um, what helps is, of course, when people um, realize what is at stake. So if, if nothing is at stake, then don't do anything. That's what I say, unless you have a desire for something, of course. So, for example, when we are in an organization where they want self-management or self-organization, then they probably have a reason why they want that. And then, it, and then they need tools or procedures or processes to, to get ready with that. So then we help them implement, for example, the, the, the meeting processes of holacracy. Mm. But then people will also realize that they miss certain skills to become more uh, result-oriented and more action-oriented. So then we will help them to create the skills that, they, that will help them to, to do this work for example. So the kind of, it's kind of tension driven, so to say, mm. when, when the organization experiences that they lack something, then we can do something to change it there. There was uh, one, one customer that I worked with, there were three organizations and they wanted to work as a partnership instead of uh, supplier and uh, purchaser. So they wanted to share the, both the risks and the benefits of the cooperation. Um, and on the culture level and the mindset level, they totally agreed with that. But one of the suppliers had a reward system that was very much oriented towards get as much out of your customer as possible. Mm. So there it started to get attention that the, the people who came from that organization, that they had to choose, will I, will I comply with the new culture that we have in this cooperation or will I comply with what gives me the best reward at the end of the year? So then there's a tension and then you can start to talk about, okay, how can we change your reward system, for example. So where do you then start? Well, we start with a scan mm. and then um, it depends a bit on the question of the company. Often they start, they come to us with, with, with a problem on, on one thing and quite often it's about self-organization. Mm. Well, this one thing it was about we want to we want to start cooperating as partners. Can you help us with that? 
And then I started on the internal side, so the mindset and the culture. And then suddenly it became clear that there were in the structure side and in the processes side stuff didn't didn't support what we were trying to achieve. So then we had a reason to start to work there. But often now it is much more about self-organization and then we um, make clear that um, the mindset in the organization is not supporting to put uh, authority in the lowest or in, yeah, in the lowest in the in the in the lowest level of the organization so that employees really get the authority that you mm. need with self-organization so then we will start to talk about the, the the mindset of everyone in the organization or they will notice that they don't know how to they get all these actions on their on their plate but they don't know how to execute them or they don't know how to prioritize them so then we will do something around that getting things done kind of stuff so it really starts where the question is and it might be anywhere. Sometimes they invite us for leadership in the first thing, and then we look at the other quadrants. Okay, so you want more uh, leadership of your employees. That's very nice. Let's see what we can do about that. Uh, create more entrepreneurship. But by the way, did you notice that your whole um, dialogue with your cust- with your employees is totally focused on on amber stuff? Like, did you uh, write down the hours you made, and did you fill out this checklist? And you're not talking about their em- entrepreneurship at all. So maybe you should change something about that. Mm. And did you notice that when um, uh, employees come to the management team to this to report what they were doing, that you treat them as kids? So how about the entrepreneurship there? Do you take them seriously? Maybe we should do something with the management team and make sure that your culture in the management team and your mindset also changes. So we start at one thread and then we start to pull and then comes clear what else needs to be done. It almost um, seems like it's a never-ending work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's so interesting. And there's, there's so many paths that you could take depending on the customer and the challenge that they're facing. But are there some uh, uh, challenges or some interventions that you use a lot or that are relevant for most companies that you work with? Or is it yeah. really different all the time? Well... The path is different, or the route that we take is different. Mm. But I notice now that we get hired a lot for the for the lower right quadrant, so the structure quadrant, and then it's often about self-organization um, because that is very tangible. So, so that's where they start often. Um, but we try always to include some stuff on the others on the other quadrants as well, even if they don't hire us for that in the first first steps. Um, but, and then we will at least, if they don't want to pay us for it, we will at least um, make clear to them that there's work to be done there if you want to have consistent development in your organization. Mm. So it's not always that we do everything, but sometimes we just start like with a two-day session or three-day session with a customer where we lay out this whole map and make a plan what needs to be done in all quadrants. And then they hire us, for example, for the structure part. And then we say, that's good, but you should... Be, be aware that you also need to do stuff on your culture and you should need to do stuff on the mindset and the skills and you can hire us for that but you don't have to you can do it yourself as well and we can make a plan so that's that depends a bit but always you see that there's stuff to be done on where do you put the authority in your organization how do you do decision making um, do you create dynamic governance or do you want to keep that in in the hands of the former managers um, what's the purpose of the organization? That's often not very clear when we start, so we focus on that. Sometimes we help them to get that clear, and sometimes they have their own ways to do that. Uh, mindset. Um, what is always interesting is when you are with a transition team or with the management to point out to them 
are you aware of what your mindset is about power and about authority? Because often I hear them speak, well, they need this and they need that and they are not able to do this and that and they are, can't do this and that. And like, so who's the they? Well, the employees. Okay, so are you an employee here too? And then what makes it that you can do it and you think that they, whoever they is, can't do it? So just help them to 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 get explicit about how they are thinking. It's often very helpful. Um, well, and then the, also the skills and the the, the, the the behavior part. Well, there's other stuff you can do there. Like I said, sometimes getting things done training is very helpful. Uh, we do a, lit, a lot with the drama triangle and the empowerment dynamic to make people aware of um, when get, do you get in the victim position and how can you become a creator again. And, and when you do some workshops on that, for example, what we often do in the beginning, it's very helpful because you can refer to that during the whole transition. So then when I'm in a meeting, I might just say, hmm, this sounds like the, the victim position. Do you remember from the workshop, the triangle and the, and the, oh yeah, yeah, right, yeah, okay. So what do you need to become a creator again? Oh yeah, okay, this is what I need. So then it makes it easier to do the, to do the change the whole time. There's so many different, um well, different themes to focus on, it seems. Very yeah. um, diverse work that you're doing. Yeah, so I, I feel like you've just given us a lot of tips on uh, where to get started. Um, have you seen some of the, the basic requirements that are necessary to do, um, well, to make any change towards self-organization? Yeah, well, I think one of the things that is um, that you're willing to, to distribute the authority and I always say to the lowest level possible, and I don't really like the word lowest, but to the people who are doing the work. Uh, Niels Pfleging, um, a German guy, he calls it the periphery. And I like that because it's not focused in the center anymore where the staff and the management is, but it's focused to the, the front line, the people who are facing the customers. So, so can you put how much power or authority can you put there? And it's not always everything. So I'm now working with a company where they keep a lot of uh, authority on a more inside level because they think it's necessary to, to keep a lot of uniformity. So they prefer to now not put everything in the front line, all the authority. No, that's fine with me as long as we have a system in place that it can be changed. So we need this dynamic governance. So it's about what, are, what do you want with your authority? It's about um, is your purpose clear? Um, and if not, what are you going to do about it? Because if you don't have a boss anymore, then how do you decide which direction you're going to go? Well, because of the purpose. Um, how do you take decisions? How do you do the decision making? Um, that's often not explicit in most organizations. So I always ask them, what do you want to do? Do you want to do consensus? Do you want to do one man, one vote? Do you want to do um, shouting? And who shouts the hardest gets it his way? Do you want to do uh, integral decision-making or uh, integrative decision-making? Do you want to do deep democracy? Um, I do have my preferences, but it's up to you what's most suitable for you. And then they often start to laugh because, of course, they know that uh, consensus is not really going to help them and shouting is not uh, what they really want. Of course, it happens often, but it's not what they really want. So most of the times you get more or less to integrative decision-making. Um, but I just make it explicit and say, well, this is the range, choose, whatever. Authority, uh, um, dictatorship is also possible. You just appoint one person and he can decide, fine with me, just pick what, the hell, what helps you. So decision making should be explicit. Um, where is the authority, purpose, uh, transparency? 
without transparency, you can't do self-organization. So you need clear dashboard about um, how you are doing as a team or as an organization, but also about what individuals are doing. Um, well, I think that's the most important. Yeah. And do you think any change like this um, is only possible when it's it comes from um, like management or the top layer, or is it also possible to um, get this change um, initiated from a team? Yeah, that is an interesting question, right? I call it the self-management paradox because sometimes it starts at the top, and then the people who are more at the bottom say, "Well, if it's self-management, why do you decide that we have to self-manage?" And that's true. <laughs> and then on the other side, when you, when you start at the bottom, but you don't have the approval of the top, it's very hard too. So I think this is one of the the, the paradoxes of self-management. You have to start somewhere and wherever you start, it's not really self-managing. Unless what they do at some organizations, you really vote with your whole organization, do we want this or not? So um, I think that might be a nice addition that if you want to change to self-management, that you just pull everyone together and I think they did it at one company I spoke to recently. They said, well, um, two thirds of the people should agree that we do this and then we will do it. And if not, then not. I could imagine that would work for maybe a startup or a scale up proportion. But if you have a large organization with maybe thousands of employees, yeah. that becomes really hard. That's so true. Yeah. Where do you then start? Yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> one of the things I haven't solved yet either. But my answer is always, well, nobody asks you if you want to be in a hierarchy either. So That's maybe uh, maybe then we should just accept that we well that that you can't choose well you can choose if you stay of course but you can't choose if your organization is changing to to self management. Still, if if imagine I'm uh, um, um, I'm in a management board and um, we decide okay from now on we're going to uh, introduce self organization and we are going to ask our employees to um, to be autonomous. That doesn't mean that employees are all of a sudden autonomous. I mean, they might not um, have that mindset change all of a sudden. How do you, um, how do you train that? Yeah, that's, the, that's the, this quadrant again, right? So they decide, the management can decide that they want on the external side, so on the structures, the processes, the decision making, that it has to be autonomous. But then you still need to have the mindset changed. Um, and often it's not, not even that the mindset is not ready for this but it's just that it has not been used so i think when you change the system it changes the other quadrants a little a little bit as well but you need to do extra work so that's what i was explaining before that we give workshops on um, a drama triangle versus empowerment dynamic um, we make people aware of their preferences in these stages of development so often when people are very green and lack orange, they prefer to discuss everything with everyone and not take their own decisions. Uh, we will help them to uh, to see that, and th which doesn't mean that they can do it immediately, but it, it, helps. it starts with being aware that you, that you have this tendency to discuss everything with everyone um, and challenge them the whole time. Okay, so what do you need? What do you pr propose if they come with a, with a story that something needs to be changed? Okay, so what do you think is needed? So that's how you can train people to, to move towards a different mindset. Um, so there's a lot of different things you can do about that, but this is one of the things we do. So we often start with this mindset workshop and um, yeah, explain to people how it works and that when you don't have a manager anymore, that you can 
put all your shit on the table, but nobody is going to fix it for you unless unless you come with a proposal of what you want to have fixed. So it's often it's a lot about that making people aware and where needed, giving them the opportunity to learn the new skills. It's so interesting, Tham. Thank you so much for sharing all of these insights. I'm I'm very curious to learn more about integral theory, and I'm sure I will uh, dive into the into the theory when uh, when we round this up. Um, thanks so much for being here today. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, and thank you all for listening. We hope to see you again next time. That's it for this week's podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll be back next week.